The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out. An inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also will your hearts be. Gird your loins and light your lamps and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you. He will gird himself, have them recline at table, and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, Blessed are those servants. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared. For at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, Is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward, whom the master will put in charge of his servants, to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I say to you, the master will put the servant in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants to eat, drink, and get drunk, then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour and will punish the servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful That servant who knew his master's will, but did not make preparations, nor act in accord with his will, shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will, but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating, shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord 
Good morning, everybody. Uh, praise the Lord. It's been a great few weeks here at our parish. A, a lot of great pivotal events, just a typical parish life. And one of the great highlights of this past couple weeks. And if you, when you grab a bulletin as well, you see it. We put the group photo from our vacation Bible school that we had a few weeks ago. I mentioned a few times over the past few weeks, but we had about 50 young kids and teens and volunteers that help us put on the Vacation Bible School. And so make sure, if you haven't already, grab a bulletin. It's a beautiful group photo of all of the participants. Except for me. I wasn't in the group photo. I, I had a meeting when Sister organized the, the group photo. And so I felt, I felt horrible because I wanted to be part of the photo. And for a second, just for a second, I thought, oh, I'll just Photoshop my face on one of the kids' heads. You know, just, just put it on my, right there, one of the kids' <laughs> Then I stopped and, re- and I realized photoshopping your head on someone's face is, is, is rude, right? It's rude. But it was a beautiful event, and many of you, the kids here were present there. So when you grab that photo, you'll see the, that was towards the end of the week. And whenever I'm around children, the words of our Lord come immediately from Matthew 19, verse 14. Our Lord says, Bring the children to me. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom belongs to such as these. Isn't that amazing? He says, Children, do not hinder them because heaven belongs to them. And which always leads to the question, why? Why not us, who have a little bit less hair, a little bit more wrinkles? How about us, who have back problems, who have trouble getting out of bed? Why doesn't heaven belong to us? And so it leads us to ponder, what is it about children that the kingdom belongs to them? So let us think back. Do you remember when you were kids? Or think back if you're blessed with little children at that, at that fun age. Or if you have grandchildren at that age. What is it about them that's beautiful? And when we think about it, children have an openness of heart, don't they? Ah, oh, they are not self-conscious. They just run they, they scream, they say the darnest things. They're, they're, they have no self idea of, of being embarrassed. And oh, in that openness of heart, what it leads that they, they, they love. They love with a complete trust. You ever experience that when you, when you come home from work and when you have kids that age in the home? You open that door, what do they do? Oh, they run to you, don't they? They grab onto your leg. Oh, it's beautiful. So, so Notre Dame, we're about, we're about to start the school year. Too much dismay to the young people. We're going to start school in a couple weeks, so a week and a half or so. And I always remember, whenever I go visit the school, when I was at St. Joseph years ago, and I visit the kindergartners, first, second, third graders, oh, I walk into the room. Oh, the kids get so excited. Father's here! And they run to me, and they, they, they hug my leg, and... And they're just so happy to see me. I said, oh, the beautiful innocence, the kids. 
And then when I start going to the sixth graders, <laughs> seventh graders, the eighth graders, oh, they're too cool for school now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Father's here again. Great. <laughs> what happens to us when we grow old? As we grow, that openness of heart, which we had as kids, begins to close. It begins to harden. Because we learn that life is hard. We get hurt. People hurt us. Mean to us. And so we develop defense mechanisms to survive. And then that heart of ours oh, shrinks down and it gets covered in calluses and scar tissue. For the past couple Sundays, the readings have been utterly amazing. Do you remember about two weeks, two Sundays ago now, one of the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And the Lord gives us through our Father prayer. And he says beautifully, when you pray, he says, say, our Father who art in heaven. And then we know the prayer well. But remember that word, Father, in the original Aramaic. It's better rendered, Papa. It is the cry of a child. In the last Sunday, if you remember, our Lord warns now, he says, although one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Guard against all greed. Why is he, doing, why is he telling us this? He relates love of him with the temptation to fall in love with our possessions, with this world. Oh Lord, now today, oh, the Lord, so beautiful. Look what he says. He says, do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Do you see what he's speaking about here? He's directly attacking the devil which instilled in our hearts the lie. The lie which now is implanted in every single human heart. The lie. Remember, go back to Genesis chapter 3. What did the devil tell Adam and Eve, our first parents? He told us, don't trust God. You can't trust him. He's holding back from you. If you want to be happy, if you want to be safe, reject him. So all of us now begins with that openness of heart towards God. Now let's become closed off. Because we no longer believe that God is our father. But God is an enemy and a competitor. And when our hearts are closed off like this, now where do we find that security? That value which was used to be rooted in God 
Now it becomes possessions, money, cars, physical pleasure. That is why if you continue with the gospel today, notice next when our Lord says, your father wants, is pleased to give you the entire kingdom. Now, sell your belongings and give alms. Do you see how he connects the two? He's speaking to the heart. And he's telling them, I want to give you the entire kingdom. Trust me. I want to give you everything. Don't place your love on material things, as shiny as they are. He's trying to restore trust again. A few days ago, we celebrated the funeral mass of one of our parishioners. Many of you know her, Goya Kadi. And as I, we were preparing for the funeral, I met with her husband, Larry, in the office. I said, Larry, tell me about your marriage. Because I just arrived here, obviously. I didn't know her personally. So I want to know more about her. And immediately he said, Father, we were married for 64 years. And we never fought once. I thought, oh, he's just being poetic. Every married couple fights, amen? <laughs> we all fight. And then I think he saw the look on my face. And then he, he, he leaned forward and he looked at me dead in the eye and he said, no, Father, in 64 years of marriage, we never fought once. I said, I must be in the presence of a world record breaker then. And I said, Larry, tell me your secret so that way I can steal it, write a book, and get rich. Because <laughs> everybody in the world wants to know that secret. How do you not fight with your beloved? And he said this, and, it's, and when I say it, it's, it's nothing dramatic. He simply said, Father, you can disagree without being disagreeable. I said, really? That's it? That's it. That's the secret to, to, to not fighting after 64 years. It's anticlimactic. And he said simply, yes, Father, because whenever we, have, we would have disagreements, of course, if I wanted to do something on Wednesday, instead of what her plans were, I simply said to myself, okay, fine, I'll move my plans on Wednesday to Friday, and then we'll do your thing on that day. And so we'll just accommodate one another. And as he was sharing this, immediately I said, I, I saw between the words, because what's rooted in that type of relationship is trust. That even though my plans may be contrary to your plans, I know that you have the highest good in mind for me. That you're not trying to hurt me or to deceive me. And I said, ah, there. That's the heart and the beauty of little children there, lived out in a couple in their 80s. They had kept that openness of heart, of utter trust. And so now the question becomes, with our own relationship with God, let me ask you, do you trust God? When your entire life comes falling on your head, 
Will you still trust them then? When life kicks you in the chest and knocks the wind out from you, the temptation will now come, abandon God, stop praying, stop coming to Mass. All that temptation will come. But will we trust Him when everything around us hurts? Oh, that's when it really hits the road. And if and truly then, do we truly believe that God is our Father? And that is precisely what Jesus is trying to heal in us this morning. Trust me. Trust your Heavenly Father. Not possessions or things, all of the fragile things we tend to waste our time with. All of that goes away eventually. So now listen again. With all of that in mind, with a heart of a little child, do not be afraid any longer, little flock. Your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. That's our home, heaven. I want to be with my father.